You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Cura. That's Grey yeah. Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it ends! And it's over! Ready, set, hook! And thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Two and Out CFL Podcast. I'm Travis Cura. He is Sheldon Jones. We are almost in the middle of December, but man, the news keeps on rolling. It's like the CFL is basically the uh, 12-month league. <laughs> That's what we want, right, Sheldon? Here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Like it's Usually you get that one week and it's like, Bam, there's news, and then you go three months before they start talking about free agency. So it's awesome. Uh, and, and with only two real teams that are making these moves, it's still still getting out there. So it's yeah. exciting. A lot of coaching stuff has been going on. A lot of uh, extensions with players have been going on. So we'll talk about that in this show. But I want to ask you, Sheldon, uh, how much are you into the uh, – Christmas music. <laughs> Do you have it on already? Are you uh, going nonstop or what? Uh, if you ask my wife, it's ridiculous. I start listening to Christmas music as soon as the Sirius XM uh, Holly channel starts. As soon as that starts, which is usually... What, November like, 12th? No, Yeah. Well, <laughs> it no, it started earlier this year. I usually wait until November 12th to listen, but this year, for some reason, I, like, I, I lost Wham, like, I got whammed like, <laughs> November 2nd or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I love Christmas music. It's, it's one of my things. I haven't been whammed, but I, I've heard other versions of Last Christmas, so I guess I'm uh, still alive. You, you never know what you're going to hear when you go to the grocery store or the mall or whatever like that. I, I feel like I feel for the retail workers who probably have to listen to the same 15 for about six weeks straight. I feel like that would uh, drive people crazy. And I, I kind of wonder, I think, is, is this, I read, is this the dead space in the Spotify wrapped? So if you listen to Blue Christmas by Elvis 400 times this month, it's not going to show up next year. Is that why they do that? I assume so because there was no Christmas music on my Spotify rap. Yeah. And, but the thing, you know what? I have a, now that you brought this up, I have a bone to pick with Spotify wrapped because (laughs) for some reason it doesn't count when you play your daily mix. And I, I play my daily mix a lot and it doesn't count for some reason because it said this year, my top, my top song was like one more time by Blink-182, which yeah, I played that a lot because I love Blink. <laughs> but but there's certain songs where I know it because it said 67 times or something. That was the album. No, Come on, so it was man. Long. But but it was something like that. And but I know that I've listened to like Anthem by Good Charlotte in my mixes like 2,000 times because I just keep playing those every day. And so, but you know yeah. they say that. <laughs> Can't, can't all be Metallica like somebody else. <laughs> I was going to say, the music <laughs> that you listen to when, you for, when you're 14 is what you listen to the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> and I think you prove that more than anyone else. <laughs> hey, my second okay, my second top artist was Taylor Swift, and that's so I I I'm cultured. I'm a Swifty. Like, come on. I have nothing against Taylor Swift, but yeah, my top five songs were five Metallica songs. So, uh, yeah, if there if there was a Metallica Christmas song, I'd be all over it. I'm an Elvis Christmas guy. I, I like yeah, yeah, the Blue Christmas. Yeah, once that comes on, I, I'm just uh, I'm a sucker for it. I'm into the Christmas music. I'm okay with it. And uh, honorable mention to Weird Al's "The Night Santa Went Crazy." Mm-hmm. Always uh, have to listen to that one. I, I guess. I- We'll try to talk about football unless you had more to talk about, Sheldon. Well, I, I got into a new song, and it's not really a newer song, okay? But this is the song I've been jamming out to the most, and it's Christmas rapping, The Waitresses. Like, I I don't know if you've heard it, but it's the song is, like, it's just awesome. And they nothing rhymes, and it just seems like this this woman just bitching about Christmas. But, <laughs> like, I love it. And so that's my favorite song this year. <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to say that I've limited myself on the Christmas, uh, baking so far, but I would be lying to you. Like, yeah, I'm off anything. to a rough start, brother. <laughs> I go through phases. Like I, two years ago, I like COVID, I, I baked so much because what else are you going to do? Right. But Last year I said I was going to do, I wanted to make like trays to give out to friends and family because I love baking. It's, it's so fun. I didn't do all. <laughs> but I bought baking and I ate it. So that. <laughs> now, uh, my mom always does these, like last year I made Nanaimo bars for the first time. I, I did these polar bear sugar cookies with royal icing and then. But there's no point. Like, my mom does so much that all I am is just adding to the mass of of baking. Like, it was nice to do, but it, it, it to the point where it's like, no, like, I, I can't do this. Like, I, <laughs> although I will say well into the new year, I usually get pretty good at... Uh, divvying them up into little baggies and leaving them in the freezer or the back of the truck because my truck's basically a mobile freezer in our Canadian winters. And some of that stuff is even better, a little slightly frozen. But uh, going to the movies, instead of getting popcorn, I would take like these Ziploc bags of Christmas baking. But the problem is they never last past the trailer. Like the first trailer just pounding these uh cookies and haystacks and all oh, the, the 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 peanut butter marshmallow squares those get me uh all the time anything that has to do with peanut butter i am in but i, I guess we could do a whole podcast <laughs> on christmas um this week is the nathan rourke watch on in jacksonville sheldon jones I mean, it's on, but it's the NFL, so is it like he's not going to actually get a chance? Like, they'd probably sign any quarterback other who's not named Colin Kaepernick before him. Man, that would suck. (laughs) Uh, So, Trevor Lawrence, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise QB, is dealing with a high ankle sprain, and then the backup is dealing with a shoulder injury. 
So there is a possibility, I don't know, that he gets on the field this week, but uh, definitely gets on the field uh, sometime and shows what he can do. So. We saw what he did in the preseason, and uh, in December, I'd love to see him get out there and make it happen, man. Yeah, like he, you can tell he wants to play. Like I know he went down there for to try to, because this is his shot, but I, I know he wants to play. So if it doesn't happen soon, he's going to be back up here in the CFL, I think. But hopefully he gets a fair shake because when you're, like, I know he's a practice roster guy, but when you're that third quarterback and the other two go down, it's time for you to to see the field. But for some reason in the NFL, even they just keep trying to get some veteran who won two games six years ago and <laughs> think that that's going to be a stopgap. But I... The Jags are they're ha- they're they're having their best season in a long time. Like, like I know they've had more success now with Lawrence, but they're off to a good start. So they don't want to tank. And and work was awesome in the preseason. So let's let's see what he can do. If we go to the Grey Cup champs, they have wasted no time in extending some of their key pieces from uh, that championship roster, including uh, Sean Lemon who came onto the roster during the summer and in just 13 games, he had nine sacks, four knockdowns and 26 tackles. Well, he also had two interceptions and a forced fumble that he recovered and returned for a touchdown. So in 13 games, Sean Lemon made it happen for the Montreal Alouettes He is 35 years old, and he's going to be back. We're not wasting any time to see uh, where he's going to be playing in 2024, Sheldon. Yeah, uh, we don't have to worry about that lemon watch, which uh, was good news, though. It kept everyone going. But it's good. He he deserved it. Uh, He he showed what he could still do. He still has gas in the tank. And and I know I was listening to him. He was on the Waggle this week, and... Like he said, he still feels in the prime of his career, and he knows that once he can't do it anymore, it's it's like a quick decision. He's going to shut it down, and so he's not ready to do that. And good for the Alouettes to lock him up because he's he proved to be one of those core members of the the defense that really got them to the show. He has one hundred and one sacks in his career, so he is definitely one of the greatest pass rushers in CFL history. On the other side of the ball, the Grey Cup MVP, uh, Cody Fajardo, has been extended with the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Until the end of the 2025 season, he will be in Montreal. Hey, if that speech that uh, he had before the Grey Cup. you, just watch. (laughs) Wasn't that wild? Uh, Seeing that fire from him, I think just having the access and seeing the speech is uh, special in its own way, but the speech itself was mind-blowing. Yeah, and now it's my favorite meme to use on Twitter, and I know know Dave likes to use it a lot, Uh, but I, like... We've always said like Cody's a gamer and in like he's the type of guy who will fire you up and the players want to play for him. Uh so good for him cuz this was this was probably his last shot at being a starting quarterback and he nailed it. Like I know he he didn't play like you know MOP worthy but 
he he had that game management game manager season and and he balled out in the Grey Cup, and that's what you need your quarterback to do. That's what that's what Zach Calaris does. I don't care if you don't believe it. That's what Zach Calaris does. That's what Bo Levi Mitchell used to do. That's like that's the type of quarterback that's going to win games and win Grey Cups is that guy who can manage the game and and not make mistakes. Right. So yeah. good for him. The the way that they protected the ball this year was massive mm-hmm. in Montreal, and, and that's how they ended up getting it done in the biggest game of the year. Uh, the big news last week was Winnipeg being able to, you know, uh, cement that front office in place through the 2025 season, and it seems like he's uh, been on a year-to-year kind of situation for a little while, but Big Willie Jefferson is going to stay in blue and gold through next year. He only turns 33 in... It's crazy. He's already been in the CFL for nine years. I know. He could easily play six, seven more if he wants to, I think. Oh, he's he's so athletic and he's he has probably like two percent body fat. He's got those tree trunk of arms and like he's having fun. You can tell he has fun playing in Winnipeg. And yeah, he's he's another guy that like you just you love to have on your team. He's he's just a perfect piece to that puzzle and and let's face it winnipeg is probably going to lose some pieces to their puzzle and so locking up willie jefferson is huge well the cfl needs more guys like willie jefferson and i loved his press conference that he had i don't know that bomber's jacket he was wearing that was a slick piece of gear i don't know if i've seen anybody else wear that but he says when i first came to the cfl in 2014 with edmonton gold teeth South side fade. I just wanted to be on a team for a year, make some plays and get back to the NFL. And now he says, I couldn't care less about the NFL. I see the young guys uh, go to make names for themselves going down there. But uh, he likes being here in the CFL. He likes what he has in Winnipeg and he's sticking around the community. So if we could get more guys like Willie Jefferson in the Canadian Football League, our league is in great, great shape, I believe. Now, this year, he became one of my favorite players in the Canadian Football League. Stavros Katsantonis is going to be sticking around in the hammer. They've signed him to a two-year contract. What a beast this guy is. And he reminds me of kind of an old-school safety. Like, you better know where he is on the field if you're playing receiver because... Cutting across the middle, anything like that, Stavros Katsantonis is going to make sure that uh, you know he's there. And I know that that's maybe more of an old school mentality, but that's probably why I'm such a big fan of this guy, Sheldon. Oh, yeah. Like... They get the big hits. They like that's that's what us as fans are looking for. Yeah, we want players to be safe, and we we don't want any injuries. But when you hear when you hear a big hit, when you're sitting in the in the stadium, or even on TV, like that, just it gets you fired up, and and it's just part of why we love this game and just the physicality of it. I it's kind of like what Corey May said in his uh, he he had a a meet and greet with fans that I went to. And he said, what like, was his that, by the way? 
yeah, it was short. It was short, and he basically said most of the stuff uh, in, that he said in the presser. But it was still like awesome for the riders to do that. That's what they need to do. They need to get more stuff in the community. And and he said himself like how much of a community guy he is. Uh, so hopefully they can build on that. But what he said is like his his three philosophies. The first one was family first, which is great, and you know he wants to build a family unit with the team. But the set his second was violent second, and then he said like <laughs> he said this team is going to be violent, but violent within the rules. And and that's as fans, that's what we want. That's such a tough line to balance, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That's but like football, you can, though. Yeah, yeah, it's football. You, you do or you don't, and those that do, they do it well. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders have extended offensive lineman Joshua Coker, uh, played right tackle for them for most of the year. 11 starts there. The Stamps are actually an old line that just allowed uh, 24 sacks. Uh, the third lowest total in the CFL. So the the Stamps may struggle at times this season. I don't know if, like some of the other teams that did struggle, a lot of it could be traced back to that old line. I don't know if it was the biggest problem in Calgary, though. Uh, we'll go back to the Ticats for a little bit here off the field. There's been a restructuring in uh, the hammer with their head coaching. Uh, duties and actually everything else. Orlando Steinauer will no longer be the head coach of the Tabbies. He's now just going to focus on the president of football operations role. Wow. And I don't know about you, Sheldon, kind of a name that I I, I forgot was involved with the Ticats, and that is Ed Hervey. He's been named the team's general manager and we saw the job he did in Edmonton, winning the Grey Cup there in 2015 with Chris Jones, and then went on to BC and didn't have maybe the impact that we thought it would have. We know that when he went to BC, he made a huge splash with free agency. Michael Riley ends up going over. They, they, they end up bringing some dynamite receivers, but the money spent on the quarterback ended up hurting the offensive line and hurting Michael Riley, really. <laughs> and it was and, uh, tough for the Lions and, to recover from that. And Devin Claybrook's coaching career. like That too. <laughs> like, because... That was his big, he that was his big hire when he went to BC, right? And yeah. uh, so, it, it'll be interesting to see what he's learned. We we just seen recently what Jason Moss has turned it around from, you know, maybe not being the greatest head coach in his temper to, you know, leading his team to winning the Grey Cup. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he's learned. And and yeah, like I I completely forgot he was part of the Thai Cat staff too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Uh, he he's a guy. He obviously loves the league. He's still in the league, and uh, hopefully, he's one of those puzzle pieces that can end that Grey Cup drought in the hammer. And it's really just a shuffle in the hammer because Scott Milanovic mm-hmm. has been named the uh, head coach of the team. Uh, Edmonton Elks legend Scott Milanovic, uh, undefeated, also winless. <laughs> <laughs> coaching that team in uh well 
didn't coach them. It was during the COVID year. Uh, but we remember he won Grey Cups with uh, Montreal in 09 and 10. He also won with uh, Toronto. How uh, dare you? The 100th Grey Cup. So he does have a, a Grey Cup pedigree. So really, it's just a shuffle for the Ticats here. Uh, they lose Tommy Condell, who now is going to be the OC in Ottawa, by the way. And look, Tommy Condell won a Grey Cup with uh, Toronto in 2018 as well. It does help when you have the great Ricky Ray on uh, <laughs> your side when it comes to that. But uh, the Cats keep Steinauer. Ed Hervey was the assistant GM. And keep Scott Milanovic so much of that leadership group is intact from the end of the season I I'm not sure that's how I saw it going Sheldon no uh but I think it's pretty obvious this is a direct correlation to the CFL coaches cap because uh clearly they felt like they needed to move on from Orlando as a head coach but for him to stay there as the president I think that's we can't afford to fire you, so we're keeping you here, but we're not going to have you coach our team anymore. And it's it's very interesting because, like, where's the, like, how does the hierarchy go? Like, who who makes the decisions? Like, who do, who has to go through what? Like, it's just, it's it's very, it's, it's not very clear um, what's going on there. But to be honest, I think this is just, that Orlando will be there until his contract's out. He'll be the president until that time is done, and then he'll probably move on to another team, in my opinion. Like, I don't think he's the type of guy who just wants to sit back and be a president of football ops. Like, he's he's a coach, so I think he's going to want to get back into coaching. Bo Mitchell admitted that he butted heads with Scott Milanovic when he came onto the staff in the middle of the year. He came in when the team was three and six and actually looking like they were going to miss the playoffs. And he did have success with uh, Powell, the, the the rookie quarterback in the hammer. And uh, a lot of that success probably does go to uh, Scott Milanovic being there. But uh, we'll see what happens in this offseason. What direction are the Ticats going to go with quarterback? I believe Matthew Schiltz is a free agent. They got the rookie in Powell and then uh, Bo Mitchell, who ends up getting benched in the playoffs and uh, gets to come in with, what, five minutes left in the game and try to make something happen there. So we'll see what happens uh, in the hammer with their quarterback situation there as they've restructured that leadership group. We go uh, back to Saskatchewan here where uh, Corey Mace has announced his coordinators. Uh, the the Riders are going to keep the special teams coordinator in Kent Mojeri. I'm probably butchering that, Sheldon. <laughs> did anyone? Okay, did anyone really know who he was? <laughs> like, like he's but he's the longest tenured coach for the Riders. Like, I in our group chat when I think it was Troy, he he said who, and I was like, who's that? And then I was like, oh, I looked at the, I was like, oh, it's the guy who's always been there. Like, but that's like. Sometimes with a coordinator, like a special teams coordinator, like you kind of want to fly under the radar because that means you're doing a good job, right? Like, I don't think the riders, I don't think any of the riders last year had their problems had to do with special teams. So I think this is great that Corey Mays kept him on. 
And I think when he took over that position, it's when uh, Super Mario joined the Riders and won the most outstanding special teams player yep. in the CFL. So uh, yep. good for him there. But uh, Mark Mueller is uh, now the team's offensive coordinator. He goes back uh, to his Calgary days with uh, Corey Mace when Corey was actually still a player. Uh, Mark Mueller, he's been around the CFL for eight years already. Yeah. Still a young guy, but the history he has in Regina is, is obvious. You're going to be hearing about it for the next... However long he's with the team, (laughs) because he is the grandson of uh, the little general, Ron Lancaster. So I'm sure walking up to the stadium on day one and by the statue of your grandpa must be a pretty, pretty surreal moment now that you're going to be wearing green and white. And everybody likes you in December. (laughs) Let's see what happens in week six, Sheldon. Yeah, well, not only is, like, Ron Lancaster his grandpa, but his dad was actually a coach for the Riders before and the the Edmonton football team and uh, others, I think, because he mentioned it in his press conference I was listening today that his dad, Larry Mueller, has been coaching too. So He's the uh, fourth member of his family to be employed by the Riders. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. But I think, like... uh, I'm guilty of it too. Like I think a lot of people thought that a lot of Calgary's struggles on offense might have been his fault because Dave Dickinson pulling him from doing play calling, but uh a lot of the problems on offense were because of injuries at receiver and the receivers that came in were dropping the balls. They were like Jake Mayer was decent and when he was on target, he wasn't getting a lot of receptions. So I think it'll be interesting to see because when you're if you're Mark Mueller and you get to pull from Dave Dickinson, Ryan Dinwiddie, John Huffnagel, and and pull what you like and then add in what you also like, that's that's going to be a basis for quite the offense, I think. And so I, I just I hope Ryder fans are patient. I was getting this nice do here today from Marsha loyal listener to us and, and we were talking about it and she said i i hope that us rider fans can just be patient because it, it is a lot of pressure going in there and he even said in his press conference again that you know in his office is a picture of his grandpa and his his career stats so like wow. just imagine looking at that every single day and just seeing like that's the that's the person's legacy that now you have a part in like it's just crazy but good for him he Local kid, hopefully local kid. It's like Willie Jefferson. Like it's kind of <laughs> how long he's been in the league without without realizing it. But I, I'm I'm happy. Like I I was I was hoping he was going to be here last year when he turned down. Obviously he turned it down because of you know the uncertainty with Craig and Jeremy not having deals past the season. So I understand why he didn't want it last year. But it seems like this is a good fit for him and. Let's go. That's all I can say as a Ryder fan. Like, let's go. I think He's actually been in the league for 10 years. Uh, he yeah. was a defensive assistant when Calgary won the Grey Cup in 2014. He was uh, the running back's coach uh, in 2015 through 2019. So he worked with Don Jackson 
Jerome Messam and uh, Kadeem Carey. He was the quarterback's coach uh, up until last year, so he's done a lot uh, with that Calgary organization. And uh, Corey Mace brings him to Saskatchewan, and uh, I thought it was a great press conference. He's a great interview. I hope they get the mic in front of him uh, more going forward. And uh, I think in Saskatchewan, and much to the... Uh, delight of many other fans across the CFL. There's been a lot of negative news. There's been a lot of, you know, <laughs> laughable yeah. moments with the organization. But uh, just the last couple of weeks, and I know it's December, and I know it's just coaching, but it does look like there is a really positive culture being built, rebuilt in Saskatchewan with uh, some young, fresh faces. And, uh, Times seem pretty exciting right now. Again, easy to say in December, he has already said that he wants to build uh, such a great offense around Trevor Harris. So that that does look like at this point, what is going to be the deal in Saskatchewan heading into training camp in six months or whatever it is. Yeah, and and I I can just from my own my own experience here, I was down as a Ryder fan last year, like down to the point where I wasn't even like I was sitting in the stadium I was watching the games but I wasn't even clapping or cheering if they scored a touchdown I was like yeah well whatever and I was just there to like watch a football game but like everything that Corey Mace has said has got me fired up to be a Ryder fan again and so I'm just ecstatic about that uh it was good though because I got to I got to spread my wings with a lot of the other CFL teams because I was just looking for something to make me happy instead of being depressed as a Ryder fan. So I got to <laughs> I got to enjoy a lot more of the league than I previously did, which helps me out on a little podcast that's not just about the Riders, about everything. So that's good. <laughs> but but as, like Ryder Nation, let's get invested. Let's let's get pumped because it may not happen overnight, but the team, the culture everything is I, I think we're just we're on the cusp of going back to those good years I think this is news from earlier this week but uh, the CFL saying they're taking one last big swing the Hail Mary at uh, Halifax expansion before looking at other cities now the CFL winter meetings were actually I, I think on Monday now if this doesn't get I'm like in the next month month or two if things don't really start to make progress or get solidified it really does look like they're going to move on and start talking to Quebec City or Moncton or wherever else because it does seem like they're really pushing to get this 10th team done before the next TV deal is up that'll be worth more and hopefully they want to you know start putting revenues with a positive trend going forward and they really believe that a 10th team will help that so we'll be watching that going forward and i don't know man maybe in the next week or so so we might be seeing the 2024 schedule i have really liked you know the last few years or so it's been Mm -hmm. Uh, coming out in December before we had to wait till February or whatever it was. But uh, 
maybe in the next week or so we're going to see that schedule and see uh, where we're going to be traveling to in uh, 2024 and we'll all be excited and then we'll be in the middle of the season and complaining about how bad the schedule is right Sheldon? Oh yeah, like I, I can't wait to be at Metallica in Edmonton, and then there will be a Rider game in Calgary that night, and like I just I can't wait for those things to happen. But like, what I really can't wait for my buddy Matt, he he runs the food truck wars thing, and every single day he t- sends me a message, ask Randy when the schedule's coming out, ask Randy when, because the- like. Because he need, he he's waiting for his food truck vendors to line up for him because they don't want to book if there's a rider game, obviously, right? So, oh. but yeah, usually it's like the ninth, the twelfth, like that's what it's kind of been. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I want to see what can possibly happen. I I want to see who if they fix the problem of having like a team coming off the buy, you know, tra or. No, what was it? Like a team coming off the bye, being at home, facing a team from BC who's on a short week <laughs> traveling all the way to Montreal. Like there was on a lot Thursday of that crap. When they played on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of that crap last year. And so hopefully them going back to the balanced schedule should hopefully help out that, I hope. Um, but again, like as a Ryder fan, we haven't seen Hamilton play in Saskatchewan in, since 2019, I think. I think that's what wow. it was. And I know the riders haven't been to Ottawa, I think it is. I but like balanced schedule, we get to see all the teams again, so I, I'm I'm excited for that. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Buzz from home alone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On occasion. Have I ever told you that? No, no, I don't think so. Every time I see your Facebook uh, profile picture, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, there's Buzz. I gotta go yeah. watch Home Alone. I'm sure you it's... you want to be uh, you don't want to be uh, compared to that jerk. But eh. sometimes it's fun to be a jerk, right? And let's be honest, Kevin. Kevin was annoying AF, so he kind of deserved it, right? <laughs> he may he have turned himself. Of Oh, of course, and and but but he kind of deserved, you know, getting put up in that attic. Like, speaking of which, I don't know if you saw, but he Macaulay Culkin got like a, I don't know if it was the Hollywood Walk of Fame or Canada Walk of Fame, but like having like Catherine O'Hara there to like help induct him, so that that was really cool to see. Like he he went through some bad times, but it looks like he's kind of back to himself. So that that was great to see. You can tell we are a few uh, jolly old fellas ready for uh, the holidays. Uh, thanks for listening to Two and Out anytime, especially in December. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher. You can like, comment, subscribe on YouTube as well, and support the show on Patreon. Uh, you can find links for that on any of our on our social media channels. Uh, and our website, toandout.ca. That's probably the easiest place to find the links for anywhere you want to find the show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll have a show or two for you before Christmas as well. Thanks for joining us. I'm Travis Curra. He's Sheldon Jones. And we will talk to you very shortly. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 